why do you find because using is what I'm getting? Why it's amusing to me is because I've never heard it until this second, like 13 seconds ago in my life. I'd never heard finger mouse and now I'm never going to stop using it. Oh, I, I quickly thought that maybe you were trying to wrestle that into some kind of a sexual reference, but yeah. Listen, you know, listen, I'll finger a mouse. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Get right in there. Get right in there. Tiny little mouse clip. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Always got to overdo it. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's yeah. me. Always overdoing. Hey, speaking of mouse, and we're going to start the show early in a second here. So just this is what I want to talk. When we start the show, you know, we've got mouses in this house and we've got to figure it out, Dan. You know, you're the you're the actual on-site grown-up in in some ways. You need to take you need to tell me <laughs> command of the mice. You need to okay, c- take yeah. charge of the mouse issue. Do you even know? Right. I told you we had mice. I forgot that we had a mouse problem here. I, you know what happened is at Lisa's at Lisa's place, she had a mouse problem. Yeah. And uh, we uh, eliminated uh, eight mice, nine mice actually. In the end, and now it seems to be mouse free over there. All right. Well. Now I can put my mouse, uh, my mousing <laughs> and, attention. Uh, and by the way, I'm not one of those people that is. Oh, we can't. We have to do it in a humane way. I don't care. Right. I'm with you. I, I know uh, she was a little bit worried about that part of it. In fact, she didn't want to uh, touch the mouse. She's. I don't know. She just didn't want to deal with a dead mouse so she would buy new mouse traps for every single mouse we was killed okay so uh but here in uh in our mousing world i we don't you know there's no ethical issue with me i mean there's lots plenty of mice there's not going to be a mouse issue listen man uh, even during <laughs> the nuclear winter there's still I, be- <laughs> I don't care how this is going to sound but i'll set up mouseschwitz I don't give a shit. Oh, I'll just set uh-huh. it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, Come on. So, hey, so we'll get on Hold it. on a second, Patterson. You don't think that is funny? Mouse yes, switch? I, yeah, I do. Jesus. <clears throat> You're a tough audience today. I laughed at finger at finger mouth. Oh, I gave it up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. I gave it one of <clears throat> All right. Uh, it's let's, severe. That, but, well, but it's also, you know. Uh, anyway, we got to get on this. Uh, Dan Duran, let's start the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto and from a Brampton basement studio. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now here are two men who can't believe the price of things, and so are making all their Christmas presents out of toilet paper tubes, tin foil, and tin cans with a glue gun. It's Humble and Fred. I'm going to give away dead mice. For Christmas. For Christmas. Uh, yeah, Bill I, Brio. I, What's that? Those varmints, I don't care. I could care less about. Even yeah. the mink up, up, uh, up at the uh, Tin Palace. I dr- I drown that bastard in a second. And Did you? Oh, no, 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 I'm just cage him and take him to a different location. Yeah. Yeah, right. Take him to a family. <clears throat> Why don't you feed him to the homeless? Yeah, right. When they cause damage. You know, I'm up at Neighbor John's. He's up on Owen Sound in the bay there. It's like December, whatever it was, 8th, 9th. You should see the Canada geese in the bay there. Don't I thought, didn't they used to fly somewhere? 
Yeah, but the price of uh, winter travel now has uh, made that prohibitive. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's right. You can't afford winter. it, man. Like, uh, you know. Here we go. Hundreds. Hang on, everybody. We're going to talk about Canada geese. No, but hundreds of them. Like, go. Like, I thought. I had heard that they had started migrating, like, to the power plants because the water's warm. But there they were in December. Look, and they were just floating around like it was July. They're lazy geese. Well, maybe you should set up geese schwitz. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess maybe once it starts to freeze, they go. I I don't know. Are you saying that rhetorically or asking somebody a question? Once the water freezes, but then it's open bay up there because it's so huge. But I was it bugged me. Go away. Like be somebody else's problem for a few months. All right. Well, in, in, can we get back to this problem, which yes. is mouse switches? <laughs> Here, what is? Can you take your finger mouse and uh, Google <laughs> do some finger mousing? Because <clears throat> here's the thing: I'd forgotten about them too until at some point on the weekend I was in the kitchen and I heard the little sounds, the pitter patter of scratchy little feet inside the walls and i was like oh yeah because I, I i'd forgotten about it before i went away to mexico and then this morning donald before you came yes. down yeah i i don't know if you heard i had this little hand vacuum and i saw some little mouse poops around the cupboard and i was oh. once again reminded that well they're they're li- <clears throat> excuse me they're living in the walls but they're coming out to poop and that's that's another thing why wouldn't they just poop in the walls no they're always pooping they're pooping everywhere. They they don't care about the poop. Well, they but certainly they, uh, they're looking for food, so they right. come out and they poop poop wherever they go. Okay, so we need to discuss a strategy. Right. Well, and, follow the poop is the number one strategy. And, and if poop? if you're worried about the dogs, you know, we could always set up our you know our traps or whatever we're going to do while you're in Peterborough, and I can keep staying away from whatever poison right. or death traps we put in. Yeah, you just keep them out of reach of the dogs. That's easy enough. Yeah, put them in a cupboard where dogs don't. (coughs) Okay, well, let's uh, discuss strategy when you get back from your real work today. Frederick? Peanut butter on the traps works good with mice. For some reason, they love peanut butter. They do love that, yeah. Really? Lisa had seed butter of some sort, some sort of seed collection. So we're setting up, you guys are talking about setting up traps. How do you know when you've got them all? Seed butter. (laughs) Isn't that fancy? (laughs) The mice come out and go, hey, did you guys see they've got natural butter? Uh, It's so much better for you. (laughs) That's right. While the mice were discussing how much better the seed butter was for them, cholesterol-wise. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I'm serious now. How many traps do I need to go and buy? Or are you going to what are you going to spearhead this project at all? Or are you just going to let it all happen? No, yes, it's it's top of mind right now. I don't think so. it is. You're <laughs> mocking me. You might want to bring in a professional. I, I'm all. Well, I thought Dan was a professional. Well, I'll, uh, you know, professionals often use poison and, and uh, you know, dis- dispensing with the way the warfarin or the wayfarin or whatever it is. That I actually, you know, I saw in the basement uh, one of those kind of traps near the hot water heater a while ago. Those those old those you know more commercial style traps. However, we'll uh, we'll we'll start the process with a couple of the standard you know mouse trap. Okay. And well, I we'll think we should that. have a discussion. You know, <clears throat> you just reminded me of something, and there I'm going to use the word ubiquitous, but I'll just the 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 real word is they're everywhere. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I mean, I'm sure you have. 
Those black traps, those rat traps, where a few years ago you'd see once, one or two of them here or there. I see them everywhere. Do you know what I'm talking about, Frederick? Yes, I do. I don't know uh, how many I know years... rats are a big trouble, a big problem in the city. Yeah, but Freddie and uh, and also Dan. But I, I was going to say, so they're black. They're about the size of a you know um, a, a laptop, a three quarter size of a laptop. They're huge, and they're black, and they have them around restaurants and streets. But I saw them, you know, I saw them in Mexico. I've seen them in other cities. It seems like they're all over the world. That style, that black, almost like looks like a case. Daniel, do you know what I'm talking about? I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it looks like something uh, like uh, you'd, you'd put something in there. Well, Back no. the first time I ever saw, saw one of and those. And they've got a pretty, dropped it. a pretty big tube hole opening, whatever you want to call it. The reason I think it's weird is that not only, Freddie, and your point about rats here, I think there's a more of a rat problem around the world than we're being told. Because until a few years ago, I'd only seen one or two of them, you know, and now they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous. <clears throat> well, back in the day when we worked at Young and Dundas, I used to get off the gardener there and come up Bay Street. And uh, I would often see them running across Bay Street. Big ones. Big ones with long, like how big? Scary tails. Uh, you know, maybe a foot long. A foot long. Yeah, yeah, a foot long, a foot long. How much? Give, give me some perspective. In when you see a big squirrel, how much bigger is a rat than a squirrel? Similar. In fact, all calls uh, squirrels, you know, rats with bushy tails. Right. That's basically what you have. Um, I, I think similar, but even some of the squirrels around here, because I have a nice bird feeder here, and those goddamn squirrels. They'll hang off the flimsiest branch of a tree to get at those seeds. And for every seed they take is one less seed for a bird. And it's a bird feeder. Mm. It's not a squirrel feeder. No, it's not. So I shoosh them away. I shoosh them away. And I try to figure out a way. How can I hang this thing that the birds can get the seed and not the squirrels? So are squirrels on that list now? So you've got your your Canada geese. You've got your your otter and uh, and the... uh, it's interesting. Mink, squirrel, mink, gray squirrels, mink death. Squirrels, gray squirrels and black squirrels. You know they don't damage stuff. Those red squirrels, mm. they'll eat. They'll eat through wood, wood to get into a, into something like a shed or a a cottage. Or they're vicious. Those little buggers. We don't get them around here. So, what, what part of your day would you estimate that you spend trying to figure out? how to hang the bird feeder so that the squirrels don't get it. Is that a percentage? <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Like I had the other day, I said to Delise, let's hang it off the eaves straw ah. down the side of the garage, and then we can see it, because it's nice to look out the front window and see the birds feeding, but then she didn't like that idea because the seeds that were cracked, cracked would end up on the patio uh, or on the front porch. So it's back to the drawing board. Yeah, well, when you work that out... You know, let us know. Uh, I mean, I said this to you guys a few months ago, or it could have been 10 years ago, but I said at some point, I said, you know, it's interesting how we just watch squirrels. I got a bunch of them in the back. You know, Stan's lifelong dream, like a lot of dogs, 
is to mm-hmm. one day catch a squirrel. When I take him out to his, you know, stand park where we hang out there, that's all he does. He's just trying to, you know, fa- find them out and then chase them. And he's never caught one. But we allow a cute little squirrel because they have a fluffy tail. But if mm-hmm. that was a rat, if that was just yeah. a stinking rat with no fluffy right. tail. But squirrels don't carry disease and have sharp teeth and... Well, they have sharp teeth. They do. They have that. Well, well what I kind know, of but, teeth? But yeah, you're right. Yes, but they. Yeah, they're. But it, you know, imagery is a sure. Is they, they, the, yeah. Seriously, squirrels just have better PR. Always have. <laughs> Good branding. <laughs> they've, they've got great branding. <laughs> it's true, though. You just take you know Photoshop the the tail off a squirrel, and you bunch of them running around back there. I'd be scared. I don't want to get bitten by a long mm. fucking squirrel. I mean, a rat-faced whatever. <clears throat> rat? Uh, Sharp tooth rat face? <laughs> and squirrels don't really get into garbage, per se, the way rats do. Um, for, to my experience. All right. Um, but, you know, the subtle things that happened around us that we don't pay enough attention on. You know, I talked about the big turkeys here. I went for, for a walk the other day, and there's the two big turkeys just a, a street over walking around. You know, where do they come from? Why? Um, the coyote problem, you know, there's so much development. They're being forced into the uh, into the burbs to survive, eat. And I noticed this summer or last summer chipmunks in this area. I've lived here 26 years and never saw a chipmunk for 23, 24 years. Now I see chipmunks around my house. And that's sweet. You want to talk about a good PR company. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Everybody loves chipmunks uh, absolutely. Compared, yeah. to a squirrel compared to a rat. Yeah. If, <clears throat> if you could get, uh, if you could dye a mouse, uh, its coat, the same pattern as a chipmunk, we'd all love them. Yeah. I'd be putting food out for them. No, I agree. I'd be like, hey, we got some Disney characters living in our closet. But, you know, that's sweet and everything to see a chipmunk. You feel like you're up north when you're not. But there's a reason for that, and it's probably not a good reason. All right. You're seeing them. Well, uh, let's uh, try and get this figured out. Yeah, I'm, I saw your suggestion there on uh, the group chat. I'll check that out. Uh, Fred just messaged me, and we know uh, a company that may actually have access to, uh, you know, m- like set up their own Mauschwitz. Uh, Bill Brio will uh, be with us in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. Dan Duran, of course, doing his news later on. Oh, man. I knew you'd love this. One of the best concerts I've ever been to. Kingswood Music Theater. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, these guys were great. Used to love playing their music. Never feel bad when you're playing some UB40. And you know, it's funny. I literally queued this up, as we used to call it, about 10 minutes ago, waiting for the opportunity to play it. Yeah. Well, good choice. Yeah, I knew you'd love it. Uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to add that to the Humble and Fred favorites. Lots of great UB40 songs. You know, that was an era, and I'm, forgive me if you think this is stupid, but uh, in that era, there was the Satellites, like that type of group, UB40, the Satellites, sort of bigger, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like they'd have ten guys in the band. Multi-instrument is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Who else would have been in that category? Satellites? You'd be four, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Big bands, big uh, instrumentation. Yes. And uh, a real good groove, everybody. Yeah, I remember getting the uh, CD Promises and Lies and just playing the living crap out of it, driving up to the Tin Palace back in the day. When Promises and Lies was current. <laughs> I yeah. don't even know. What year that yeah, was? Well, you were been. probably paying ninety three. Would you have been playing it on a? Yeah, by that time you would have been playing it on a CD, not a cassette. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. You know why don't we uh, let's not waste any more time and actually. Uh, I, I don't know. Are you going to do the chamber plan, or like you don't know what you're going to do? I, I just I just want to say I'm really looking forward to Thursday's show when Brett Tanner from the Chamber Plan Ontario gets on here. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but he's been so helpful last couple of days uh, with my situation. So, Fred, why don't you tell people why, some of the many reasons they should sign up for the Chamber Plan. Well, uh, we keep talking about the travel option, but let's be honest, uh, more often than not, you're not traveling, so you're concerned about the other products that the Chamber Plan has to offer. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Find out all about what they have to offer. You'll be impressed. A small company, one to a hundred employees, uh, for example, they have a product or they have a plan for you, which includes great products, prescriptions, dental, uh, therapies, uh, HR component, a mental health aspect to it now, which is fantastic. And yes, there are different levels that you can buy into, whatever you're comfortable with. But just know when you become a subscriber, they do a great job of holding the line on um, premiums because you know, small business, they, you, you know, you, you're not in a position for big surprises. So traditionally, they've done a great job with that. Go to chamberplan.ca, read the testimonials from other businesses, the names of the businesses, the uh, the owners of those businesses. Uh, they write these testimonials on how it's worked for them. And it just shows you that uh, this is the way to go if you're in a position to uh, have a uh, benefits package for your small business. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Uh, there's a couple of different notes that have come to me. And I'm just trying to find one from someone that was telling me about, and I apologize if I don't get to it during this uh, chat about the world of EV rentals. But I, I've been really leaning on the Tesla and of course, Tesla's got this sort of weird stink on all of a sudden. We were talking about, were we talking about that with the Sherpa about how the Tesla stock has been taking a hit because of uh, all the shenanigans of this mm-hmm. idiot, <laughs> Elon Musk? By the way, just put a pin in that for a second. You know, we and I are, you and I are big fans of Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, did I, was it yesterday that I tell you that Jimmy Kimmel, because Elon Musk had tweeted that thing, my pronouns are. You know, right. prosecute and Fauci. Yeah. And Kimmel's response were, your pronouns are ass and hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah let's, go after, let's go after Fauci, the guy, you know, who, who had to maneuver a goddamn nation through a unprecedented pandemic. Yeah, that's, 
again, let's hold off for Evie and yeah. That kills me. Every time I think of Rand Paul during the pandemic, that this old man, by that time Fauci's 80, having to go in front of that committee to justify the things he was trying to do to help save people's lives. And it was a moving target. Exactly. Like, and Howard, why does everything have to become right-left now? It's just... Like, it just, it's like, if you're on the right side, you hate Fauci, you're not sure why. No, exactly. But that's just the way to go. You buy into that. You don't look at what the position the guy was in, what he's done traditionally over the past 50 years. Again, the horrible position he was in. Yeah. He had the lives of millions in his hands, and he had to make those decisions. <laughs> and the people Let's that, attack him. And the, and the weird thing is, so at the high le- higher level, the people that have access to the real information... The Rand Pauls and those folks. I'm going to get to EV rental in a second, I promise. But those people know what they're doing. And I've said this. Those poor, stupid, you know, those people you see interviewed at Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. What you just said made me, uh, it's a really good point. I know I say that a lot. It's the point is, those people don't know why they hate Fauci. They just know what they've been told. They're supposed to. Yeah. That they, they, it's just on their team, team mm-hmm. stupid, mm-hmm. these are the things we believe. And even when they're confronted, like those guys like Jordan Clapper from mm-hmm. Comedy Central or the two, the good, the good liars, or there's another couple guys I follow that are really good at this. But when they're interviewing these people, you know, and I played some clips on the show. So uh, Donald Trump is the president. Yes. So Joe Biden's is, but Joe Biden's responsible for inflation. Well, yes, but if Donald Trump's the president, why do you think, you know, you, they, yeah. they don't know. No, they have no idea. So they're just told to hate Fauci for no reason. Listen, to be part of that team now, your, your base emotion is hate. It's hatred. Because you think within the hatred that you bear, you think through that, through that option. Yes. Your hate will be satisfied. They they will go after all the people you hate. That's right. You know, it's 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 something else. And you know, there's going to apparently once the uh, Republicans take over the House, there's going to be a House committee. Um, they're on Fauci. They're oh gonna, yeah, they're going to investigate them all. And you know who's going to chair it? It's already been decided. Marjorie. No. Jim Jordan. Yeah. Fantastic. The but, guy that, you know, who allowed pedophilia to happen under his nose. He saw it. He knew about it. He actually phoned the brother of one of the victims and begged him yeah. to lie for him. No, this no. Is the guy, this is the guy that's going to question Dr. Fauci's integrity. Been in Congress 16 years. Never authored a bill. See, that's the thing about the, that, 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 the idea of being for this ideology, demagoguery, whatever you want to be, you know, some fancy word for it. But your what's different about that is, as I said, there's like a list of things you're supposed to hate. Yes. Without any real uh, basis or fact, other than that's what your team, it's in the team handbook. And as I've said it, and I know I've never said it very articulately, but those people that are outside of the Trump rallies are the ones that would most benefit from a change in the ideology of the country, because then some of them wouldn't die paying uh, 10 times what we pay for prescription drugs. Yeah. Just, let, well, just think about that for a second. Those people are paying way more than our people are paying for mm-hmm. prescription drugs. And, and the problem is they think if they made it fair, that's socialism. 
Well, exactly. And that's the, you know, that's the irony of it and the frustration when you watch it play out in front of you. Those people that love Trump are actually better off under Biden, under his policies. Yeah. But again, that base emotion of hate, they can't that blind hatred for black people, for immigrants, for gay people. That's that's the prevailing emotion. So they know they're blind to everything else. Hey, I don't uh, give a shit what anybody says. That's the reality of it. You hear anyone talking about gas prices in the States anytime in the last couple of months? You know why they haven't? Because they've yeah. come down they like four or five months in a row. Mm-hmm. But those all get, you know, swept away. Anyway, as you can tell, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't take much for Fred and I to pivot from any subject to... Uh, <laughs> this stuff. Um, Go no, to Evie, back to Evie. Back, back going there. How it's how I'm just trying to remember what was the thread that oh it was Elon Musk, Fauci that got us there. And originally I was trying to find a couple of messages from people saying, Hey, love hearing you talk about the world of electric vehicles. Uh, Rudra Rishi, our buddy uh, Maharaj from uh, Gig Sky is always updating me with stuff that I should know. Charging stations, and everyone has a. Everyone wants to know all that. What, what about this? What about that? And one of the, I can't remember who it was, and I apologize, but somebody mentioned to me, it's not just Teslas. There's a lot of other options out there if you want to enter the world of EVs, and you're not gonna support. Uh, Musk, we've talked about them on the show. There's the Bolt, the Kona. These are available at EVNet.ca. The Outlander, the Nissan Leaf, there's other options, and I'm going to tell you, the the choices are only going to grow as uh, these become more uh, available. And I want to tell you, their approach at evnet.ca is so much different. Their entire team is taking pride in driving and learning all the features. And and it's, you know, I've had so many great experiences. So even with me, I'm always getting a hold of Mav. Uh, Maverin is one of the uh, people I deal with there, and she's like, what, you know, I'm very patient answering my questions. But it's really easy. You can book a test drive by appointment, or you can drop in. Any vehicle for rental is for sale as well. There's higher-end vehicles available for sale that are not part of their rentals. So check out their entire line at evnet.ca. They have all the easy, They have all the EVs for sale. And rent, along with technical information. Okay. EVs for sale or rent. (laughs) Hey, that maybe should be their theme song. EVs for sale or rent. Bolts to less... Well, they're not 50 cents, but they're very... uh, very Charge a mere 50. There you go. I like that. <laughs> no gas station. No. You know, I. Uh, it's funny. There's a seed there, Howard. There's a seed. Let's do it. Let's get Dan on it. Um, I drove by a gas station yesterday, and I've said this before. It was kind of weird. Like, I haven't. I saw the price. Of, got me thinking about gas prices. I saw the price of gas at the pump near my house here on the Queensway. It was 131, I think. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And what was it uh, in the spring? Oh, geez. Wasn't it over $2 at one point? Right. Yeah. In the States, it's come down. I I think I heard it on uh, the news, but it's come down like 60 days in a row or some number of days in a row. It's just been cheaper. Yeah. In Biden's greedflation America. So if it's down 70 cents here in Ontario and I have 60 liters in my truck, that's $42. (laughs) That's a $42 swing. And beyond that, there was a point at the beginning of the pandemic. Remember, it was eighty nine, ninety cents. 
Yeah. So well, got that's a, quite a swing. If you got a $40 swing and typically a person who drove uh, regularly more than we do, that's $160 a month filling it up once a week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and maybe you do a little extra driving. So it's a couple hundred dollar a month savings. And it would be yeah. similar in the States. But that issue now is off the table as a, as a, as a talking point. Mm-hmm. Because it can't yeah. hurt the... You know, and that's the thing I brought up yesterday. You know, I don't know. Do you want to go? Is there some place you wanted to take things? Because I, I had a couple other things that were oh, no. left over. No, you. No, what? Well, no, we, we could both... You were just going to make. Well, the point I was going to make is that and it's we've made it before. So I had a clip. I'm not sure if I could still grab it, but it was a you have the, the clip, the clip, the clip that you sent me. I had seen, mm-hmm. and maybe we can play that. But I found another clip of a woman on a talk show, right wing nut. And I say nut, by the way, because she is when she's going around, she couldn't get it. The, even the people that fought, here's how. St- Here's how crazy she is. I'm going to say that. The story was even the people at Fox would no longer allow her to come on and talk about the Democrats kidnapping children to use their blood for anti-aging. Like even Fox was like, okay, this is where we get off, (laughs) you know. Right. But I I don't have the clip, obviously, because I, you know, didn't save it because that was yesterday. Well, you know, Fox is in a weird uh, situation with the with these with these midterms you know america sent a message that we're a little more comfortable with the middle than we are the fra- far that's right. right so if you want to feed an audience and keep up your revenue and your ratings i mean they gotta they notice that they've that's uh you know that's a strategic uh sort of crossroad for them so the clip with the first crazy i'm gonna play we're gonna play two clips or one clip and then we'll talk about the second one so the clip with the crazy woman on a panel i guess it was oan or newsmax or one of those Mm -hmm. was going into some detail about where have all the kids gone where have all the kidnapped kids gone and you know she used some crazy number like hundreds of thousands of children now i don't believe it's i don't believe that to be true I don't believe hundreds of thousands of children are being kidnapped. She said then as well that uh, sex traffickers from around the world know that this is like the States is where you go to sell your kids. Mm -hmm. And there's the host of this show who probably, you know, is just happy to have a TV gig. Mm -hmm. Listen to her talk about then they, they are kidnapped. So not only are they kidnapping children to use them as sex slaves, the Democrats, but what they do with the babies, because they got fresh blood, is they kidnap the babies to use them for anti-aging products. Now, I know they have a, a, a different... Could you get away with that in Canada? I don't think so. I mean, you might say it, but it would just be so flatly rejected. On that point, there was a, a by-election down on Etobicoke last night, federal by-election, and the liberals won it. Um. The conservative finished second in that race, but, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, you know, there's indication, one, that um, Canada, this country, generally is not going to buy into that Pierre Polyev nonsense, and that may have been the first message, just like in the United States, what we just saw a couple of weeks ago. 
could you say that in Canada? Yeah, I, I you would you'd really have to think twice about it because it would be received differently here than it is down there. Technically, I was wondering because you're a program director. Uh, I was also <laughs> wondering technically. I know there's a little uh, free speech, but we have we have a different. We have different parameters for hate speech. And I don't know if that qualifies as hate speech. But if you're accusing the other political party of kidnapping children and drinking their blood, mm-hmm. is that some... Well, maybe it's not hate speech, but it's just weird. And by the way, you're right, too, about... Or you're, you've you heard the same thing I did yesterday, which they... I was listening to Johnny King on CNN, who's brilliant. And like nine out of ten election-denying 2020... Race didn't happen. Biden's the president, not the president. Nine out of ten of those were rejected. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Republican Party, they're not stupid. They saw mm-hmm. what happened. That's why they're in a real tough spot with Donnie, because mm-hmm. that that whole bullshit wagon, it got tipped over because, as you said, centrist people in the middle, independents wanted no part of it. You know, there, and again, a lot of copycatting goes on up here. And that's, you know, another thing I would say to our good friend, Tony, they have a lot of work to do because it just seems in my circles when Poliev's name comes up, it's negative. And these are people that have voted conservative. It's a negative connotation. So you have some work to do. Canadians aren't that extreme that, you know, they'll hold their nose and vote liberal because they don't want any part of that bullshit. So you had sent me this clip this morning when mm-hmm. I wrote back that I had seen it. Not the This is a four-minute version of it. But last week, this is from C-SPAN, they were voting. And it's a bit confusing, so we should set it up. There are states, and have been for some time, where same-sex marriage is legal and has been legal for a long time, actually. For about, since, I was surprised, 2003, I think, was the first, the landmark a uh, lesbian couple married, and I heard them being one of the women being interviewed as the first gay marriage in the states. Yeah, the progressive states, the blue states, usually down the coasts. So this vote, yeah. So this vote was to make it federally uh, a law, so that the states couldn't like abortion. Mm-hmm. come back and deny these people their rights in individual states, which I'm, I think they're going to fight. But the reason, Freddie, and I wanted you to hear this clip. Well, why don't we, do you have anything to say before I, well, yeah, before it's I just play where it? we're at. Now, remember, that was on the table and it passed that interracial marriage yeah. and same-sex marriage was going to be allowed. Interracial, too. So here we are, 2022. There are states where that was still an issue, where it needed to be corrected. So they, and I think Biden is signing it into law in the next couple of days. So you would think, okay, it's embarrassing enough that we're actually in 2022 right. talking about this, considering it, and actually have to turn it into law. But then you realize, in the world, and you know, in the land of the dum dums, there are people that aren't happy with it. You know, I forgot about that part. I don't know what's more, uh, I was going to say flabbergasting or perplexing or gobsmacking. What do you think is more of any of those? The fact that it's 2022 and there's still some people down there in politics that have, they feel there's coverage to be against 
gay marriage. But at the same time, what's more perplexing is interracial marriage. I just want to pause mm-hmm. for a second. I went to a movie last night with ex-wife Randy. I had a great time. I'll uh, maybe talk about the movie later. But we watched about 20 minutes of commercials prior to them actually starting the trailers for the movie. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I know. I told her, I, you know, it doesn't matter how many times I said we don't need to be there at 630. It doesn't matter. She wants to be in the seat at 630. So it's just like being married again. I just go along because it's just easier. So uh, it is, you know, like those kind of married conversations where you're like, well, we don't. And at some point I just look at her and I'm like, I, it doesn't matter that much. Go ahead. We'll go. So the reason I bring it up is of the 20 minutes of commercials for every kind of product, yeah. there was 75% of the people in those commercials in a couple situation were either interracial. Of course. Or gay. And it, it's, it's just the way our world works here in Canada. It, and it was a fair representation. Maybe some might say, we're all the white people. There were white people. They were just married to Asians or they were with black people. It was just, we take it for granted. But that's the interracial part of this bill that I found very, very strange. How are they debating that still? Listen, up here, I've noticed it all the time, and I'm part of an interracial marriage, and Delise and I both laugh at it. You know, they want broadcasting commercials, you know, entertainment to be reflective of society. They've gone way overboard with that. I mean, they really have. It's like probably, as you say, 75, 80% of the commercials now are interracial couples. Well, that's not a reflection of our society. That's just feeding it to us so we get more used to it whatever the thing is to believe it doesn't keep me up at night it just sort of makes me chuckle a bit and you have to notice harmless yeah it's harmless but yeah and i was even hesitant to to point it out but remember so those companies that were advertising yesterday they didn't know they were going to run spots back to back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. so i'm just saying of the commercials shown last night not of all commercials Mm -hmm. but a but certainly more than you would see, like none of those commercials featured, well, I should say none, but very few commercials featured a single white family, mm-hmm. which is fine with me. And again, I, I'm the same as it doesn't keep me up at night. Mm-hmm. So why was this bill introduced with both same sex and interracial couples like how is that even an issue anymore and you know and again let me be clear and be um, you know cautious when i say this even if you have a problem with same-sex marriage because you you know you lean on the evil book which is the bible you think some of them might say hey Interracial marriage, of course, that's a given. Of course, of course. I have a problem with the same-sex marriage thing for religious reasons. Yeah, Nobody man. even says that. This is almost a, an excuse for those people to use um, the same sex to pull interracial into it at the same time. They don't like any of it because they're just evil fuckers. You know, and, and we're having like played the, the woman you're about to play. Well, not only is she evil, but as I wrote back to you this morning, if you ever, ever wanted to... Any, if you ever needed any proof that it's all a cult, you've got to listen to this person. And then, okay, Bill Brio is standing by. We're going to get to him in three minutes' time. And I don't know what to say to what you just say, said in terms of, you know, you're in an interracial couple. One of them, mm-hmm. uh, you're in an interracial uh, relationship. One of my daughters is, mm-hmm. you know. And you'd think it would not even be an issue. 
You, you yes. think, how could that be an issue? We're mm-hmm. all just sitting here being people now. But here, here we go. Here's somebody. Now, of course, she doesn't mention interracial couples, but she's so against this. Listen. I'll tell you my priority. Protect religious liberty, protect people of faith, and protect Americans who believe in the true meaning of marriage. I hope and pray that my colleagues will find the courage to join me in opposing this misguided and this dangerous bill. I yield back. So she's, of course, from Missouri. Mm-hmm. This misguided and dangerous bill that would allow people who love each other to make their union legal. So saith the Lord. How, again, brainwashing cult. Like, this woman's life, she's been brought up being fed yeah. all the stuff from the evil book and the evil people who promote the evil book. And this is where it's gotten her. In 2022, in front of an, you know, that was at CPAC, in front of an audience crying because she's against, as what you say, two people who love each other. And what the fuck is marriage? It's a stupid piece of paper. Well, exactly. And and, and none of them seem to understand this Bible of theirs. This is why... Mm. This is why, of course, our hot button issues here on the Humble and Fred Show, Trump, right wing politics from religion... It's why it fires us up, because it's just so dumb. You know, I've said this to you, you know, Randy, ex-wife Randy, this has been going on with me for a long time. We used to go to parties when people did those things, and we would go there and she'd say, listen, just could you just not bring up religion? Because I know Mm -hmm. you like to rant about it, especially if we were going to, to a Jewish home. Because I'd be like, are you guys still, you guys still, you guys still doing this? Come on. You're scientists. You know, you're doctors. You're highly educated people. That's the the irony. We'd go to a a Jewish function. It's just nothing but people with degrees who Mm -hmm. won't put their milk and meat on the same fucking dishes. I mean, come on, guys. (laughs) Like, sir, you, you over there, you open people's chests and fix their hearts, but you won't eat milk and meat. Anyway. And pray that my colleagues will find the courage to join me in opposing this misguided and this dangerous bill. This bill that would allow people that love each other, no matter what color and no matter what sexual orientation, which is who gives a fuck at this point, to, to be together legally so that they could have the same rights and freedoms. Because that's what they're all about down there. The same rights and freedoms as everybody else. Her faith has caused mental illness because to listen to that, the woman is screwed. Like she's mentally ill through this or mentally disturbed, let me say. And another another interesting aspect of this, she has a nephew who's gay and he's come out. He's been interviewed now. He's come out against what his aunt said. So this is a woman probably well equipped with, with the knowledge that her nephew is gay. It's more important 
to her to follow the Bible and follow family. Yeah. And, and, isn't, and, that, isn't that, what a proud moment for you, you imbecile. But, and the weird thing is, because I did a little research, is that I thought, well, of course, she's just doing this to satisfy her constituency, raise more money. But from what I've read, I think this is the same person. She's not, she didn't get reelected. She's just, this is just her parting shot before she rides off into the biblical sunset. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got to, uh, we've got, uh, we got to get going here because Bill Brio's standing by. Again, you know, <laughs> so I just love sometimes when, you know, think about where the, where we were about 15 minutes ago when I was going to start talking about electric vehicles. Beep, deep, deedly, beep, beep. Where's that Bill? That Bill Brio? What do I care if I Let me tell you about the retirement chirp. Yeah, do that for me. Yeah, Tim, my uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, hey, uh, the Nibbles uh, will be on the show tomorrow from his uh, southern home. And remember, he is licensed in both the uh, United States and Canada. So if you happen to be in the United States and you need his guidance, and oh man, can he guide, uh, uh, he's available. RetirementSherpa.ca. If you have a portfolio, you want somebody to have a second look at it, you know, you're with another guy and you're not happy, well, he'll have a look and give you the straight goods. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's our buddy. RetirementSherpa.ca. And at this time of the year, it's always a pleasure to welcome uh, Santa Bill Brio to our program. Hello, sir. Good morning, guys. Let me add my uh, endorsement to uh, Tim there, the Retirement Sherpa. Thanks to you guys and his many appearances on your show. I have thrown all of my money at his way, and he's already made me, I think, upwards of 50 bucks. So thank you. Wow. Well, that is, you know what, dude? That's very kind of you to point out that you've become a humble and Fred uh, client endorser. Yep. You know, that's pretty significant, really, because over the past couple of months, to not lose money, 50 bucks is great. That's right. You're right, Fred. Yeah. I, I lost enough money the preceding nine months to run, run to Tim. Yeah. The retirement shirt. You know, we've, mm-hmm. just, I know this is your spot, but I'll tell you, one of the things we've learned from Tim that I think is significant to remember, you know, you can't average whatever you're going to average and again, there's no guarantees, but let's say you average 7 or 8%, which would be great for a lot of people. More would be better, but you can't average 8% uh, unless you have some years at 15 and, you know, other years at 4 and 5. And, you know, that's all about wealth, uh, keeping your wealth as opposed to having it dribble away. Yeah, he, he's remarkable. Um, really impressed so far. So uh, thanks again yeah. to have... Uh, Made that move. Thanks You're, to you guys. Are you still uh, married to the original Mrs. Brio? Me? Married to the original? No. No. Oh, really? Because no. I was going to say, for, oh, I thought you were going to, because for me, the worst investment I ever made was divorce. There, there you go, Howard. <laughs> Let's yes. see. How yes. about you? Did you do one of those? Yeah, I've bought this house twice, Howard. Oh, yes. my God. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had no idea we were in the same boat, Santa Bill. Hold the fucking lawyers. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, let's get right to it. There's a couple things. You know, I was bemoaning, as I do, with Shreddy. With Shreddy. With Shred. I was uh, wanking about the fact I couldn't find anything to watch. 
And then he told me to watch uh, Megan and Harry, which I did yesterday, by the way. And I want to jump to that because initially I was like, I don't care about Megan and Harry. And then my buddy, who I trust, and I know he trusts sometimes uh, my recommends. Oh, yes. I, uh, I sat and watched the first show, Bill, and I was completely transfixed by it. It was great. What were your why was why did you avoid it? You know, I, I'm just done with the royal family. I think that, um, you know, I watched The Crown for four years. I enjoyed the Olivia Coleman years uh, when she played Queen Elizabeth. And the other actors were terrific as Charles and Philip. And I just found the story of them in the 60s more intriguing because there was distance to it. And I had forgotten a lot of things. Um, I've just so uh, fed up with and have so little interest with the royal family uh, lately. And um, I don't want to really relive the Diana years. And um, I'm also like the king's message is coming up Christmas Day. Don't want to see that. I want them off our money. I am just done with the royal family. So and these knuckleheads in L.A. who are getting money shoveled to them from Netflix now. I don't want to encourage that either. Okay. I felt yeah, similarly, mm-hmm. but I watched episode one yesterday, Freddie, and uh, it's really well done. And it give you it gave you gives you some insight into why, at least for the first time, and for me, Fred, was I finally understood why they would want to break away from that sort of yeah. mafia crime family. <laughs> you know, you know, um, uh, Bill. Everything you said about the royal family, I. Uh, I agree with, and that's exactly why I watched this show, because I thought, I just want this different spin. I want to see, really, what they have to say, because we saw it play out. I saw some of the stuff that was said about her, and I thought, she's a young woman. Is she really guilty of all that? Is she that much of a... Anyway, I watched it. I just liked them being able to give their side of the story backed up with some actual facts and and, and clips and, 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 and... newspaper articles and uh, so I watched it from that perspective as much as I despise everything about them as well and, and I just want to say Bill you know they, they call it uh, Megan and and Harry or the royal family calls it when Harry met slutty this is my joke this morning eh? <laughs> wow when Harry Hey-o. met slutty hey um, well yeah I, I you know it's still up there I guess I should check it out I should probably look um but I did interview, I remember being on the set of her show that was shot here in Toronto. Loved her show, by the way. I love Suits. Yeah, the, yeah Suits. And, um, you know, so I had memories of that. But, uh, you know, enough. I just, I've just got other things to look at. So uh, I'm, dude, I'm I, was, I was, I honestly, let's move on. Because I was, when Fred brought it up yesterday, I almost com- okay. completely agreed with you. Okay, one thing I want to ask, though. Yeah. You interviewed her. What was your impression? Not that it matters all these years later, but I'm just interested. You know, it's funny at the time I, you know, she wasn't embroiled in every mm-hmm. all, all of this. So it was just a, an actress on a show. You know, I, I don't remember being blown away or, mm-hmm. or I don't really have an impression of her. Honest, to be honest, because I, I did you ever watch Suits, friend? Not really. I've, I've, I've put it on since she hooked up with Harry just to see her on the show, but I, I haven't really spent a lot of time. But I was a fan of the show, Billy and Fred, for several years. I, I came to it late and because I was intrigued by the idea of the kid became a lawyer without having to go to law school, and she was his love interest. And the other guy, uh, the bombastic super lawyer, 
I watched it for a couple of seasons, but in one of those shows where I, I never went back. I'm also with you, by the way, and I said this to Fred on The Crown. My favorite seasons of The Crown ended prior to Diana. In fact, right. my favorite parts of it were when the queen was young. I found that fascinating. Yeah, me the, too. The yep. taking on the responsibility against the background of post-World War II. I found that part fascinating. And as to tell you the truth, as it got later in the 60s and whatever, it came, became a little less interesting to me. Let's, uh, let's go to these things are called fast channels. I'm fascinated yeah. by this, friend. Yeah, so am I. Explain, Bill. Because the word well, free is in there. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, uh, Pluto TV is the latest. It's here now. They've lined up with Chorus, and uh, they had a big Ballyhoo opening. Uh, and basically what this is, it's television. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you could just stream a channel. You can watch a show. There's commercials, and uh, it's free. So it's sort of like what I grew up with, uh, with only no antennas. Um, you know, it, it and they have – it's Paramount, CBS, is behind – Pluto. It has 72 million viewers right now, and it's growing like crazy. So all these streaming services we've been reading and watching for the last three, four years, all through COVID, you know, you've got Paramount Plus now, which is a sister channel to Pluto, the expensive sister. But you've got Disney Plus, you've got <laughs> Amazon, you've got Netflix, you've got Apple. And everybody, they all just hit the wall. When Netflix hit the wall, they all sort of went, uh-oh, because – Inflation and everything else. People came home from the grocery store and went, "Oh my God, I can't yeah. afford this television." Mm-hmm. So they're cutting, cutting, cut. Canadians like crazy are cutting all this stuff, uh, and uh, you know, uh, trying to economize. So the the these guys who are gaming all of this, they figure, let's give them a free channel and sell advertising, and that's what Pluto is. Thing is, there's nothing original there. That's why it's free. They're not spending billions like Netflix on original content like The Crown. They're literally showing you reruns of uh, Cheers and Frasier and uh, Degrassi. With and, commercials. Uh, and, and commercials, eight or ten minutes of them every hour. Oh, I heard Pluto uh, in conjunction with Chorus. They uh, had something in the, work, in the works uh, production called Tyrant in the Workplace, and we knew it. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's right. It was an <laughs> it was an animated feature. Yeah, yeah, it was an animated feature yeah. where uh, Derringer is played by a giant talking asshole. <laughs> I would watch that for sure. I would watch, yeah. but no. Sadly, they don't originate anything. They're just showing you stuff you may have seen before or never got to. Uh, so, if you want the original, you got to subscribe to the other uh, Paramount or Netflix or Disney or whatever. Okay, and so. Yeah, they they it, it must be interesting what's going in in the offices of all those paid services, because whenever you see like economic surveys, the first thing that people give up is paid entertainment. Yeah, it's the yeah. first thing they give up because it's the easiest thing to give up. And you're right. Everybody I talk to, that's all it seems to be. Which one am I going to dump? Yeah. If they remember, and if you've sub- subscribed to five or you know, three of these, say you're yeah. paying what you paid. Rogers and Bell before. No, for people. sure. Uh, but I was yeah, going to say, so it's, it's if, that's where it's if really people even remember like, what they have, because that's another yeah, thing. It's yes. like, you know, I haven't, I, I just came up this on, on the show the other day. It was like, I, I don't, I have Amazon Prime because I have Amazon as a service, but I don't really watch much of it. I could get rid of that. You know, Dan, my buddy who's staying here, he hooked up. Now I've got Disney Plus because he has access to it. And, you know, I want to see, I want to get Paramount because of that Godfather series, etc. But I just can't get my head around. So this is just nothing but 
free channels, except like television used to be, there's some commercials in it. Yeah, like, you know, if you miss the Dick Van Dyke show or Andy mm. Griffith. Um, I do. Or even Ed Sullivan. You can watch these on uh, Pluto TV. And I have to tell you, I, I'm a big Dick Van Dyke fan. So I yeah. looked at it and it's it's these uh, episodes are showing and you can literally click on your computer and start watching now on, on uh, Pluto TV uh, or if you have a smart TV or there are other ways to get it. Uh, but they're clean, high def uh, okay. transfers. They're beautiful. And so it's not like an inferior crummy uh, feed. Uh, you know, the, these are pretty good pictures. It's just and it's, you know, it's cool to be able to just go to a menu and watch the 10 Dick Van Dykes you want to watch. But um, you're not going to find any new shows there. That's all. All right. Is Pluto like uh, Hulu or whatever? One of those services, you do not have the ability to scroll through or to fast forward through the commercials. You you are you are forced to watch them. Is you you are working? stuck watching them. Yeah, like Tubi is one that I used to watch. You can see Laugh in there or old reruns of Carson. Right. Uh, it's still up and it's free and it has. Uh, just short little kind of, and I think I thought I was skeptical. I thought we're too trained now not to do commercials. I yeah, exactly. Anymore, my kids could never do it. Uh, no, it's easy to do it. It's fifteen seconds, and I think people would rather save a lot of money and 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 put up with a bit of that. And the thing is, yep. like I, I I was going to say, if you re, if you really want to see an old episode of Ed Sullivan, let's say, or Dick Van Dyke, you can just go to YouTube. But what I'm just looking at your. So I went to Pluto TV on demand and, uh, you know, the, there's something, the menu first of Happy Days, Mork and Mindy, Love Boat, Andy Griffith, Matlock, The Dick Van Dyke Show, um, MacGyver, Mission Impossible, Gunsmoke. That's pretty interesting. And holiday really movies. TV from 40 years ago in terms yeah. of price and content. It's, it's hilarious how this circle has spun uh, all the way back to this spot. So, um uh, I, and who knew there were that many advertisers out there uh, still eager to, uh, yeah. to get into this? So we'll see. All right. You also, by the way, I, you were about to mention this other free TV, and we'll get to a couple of, of other items. But let's just go back to the item at the bottom, which is Five TV. I've watched a few shows. Okay. Because I have five. Nathan McIntosh had a, a run on there. It seems to me like they're five TV one or whatever they're calling it are supporting Canadian um, actors and production with sort of lower budget offerings. Is that fair? That's exactly right. And the one I'm really uh, loving is this The Misses Downstairs with Mary Walsh. Uh, it's a very funny series. These are short, like web length, sort of 12 minute episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, Mary's hilarious. Uh, I talked to her on the my podcast this week, and uh, she's just she's seventy, and here she is having fun. And what she's doing is mentoring uh, uh, Newfoundland comedians, comedy troops. She's doing. Uh, there's another one on Five called Jack TV, which is a sort of a kind of a dollar ninety eight version of SCTV. Um, but uh, it, it's exactly what you're saying. Here's an opportunity, very low budget. But it's Canadian, it's up, and it's just as funny. It's way funnier than the Sebastian Maniscalco oh, yeah. uh, stand-up special on Netflix right now. I watched and, uh, it. Yeah, no, I, and it's free. Can I just give a shout-out here, 5TV, 5TV1. The show is called Love Your Home, and it's hosted by Lori Love. Aw. Oh. 
Lori Love, who's, you know, the, the queen of uh, Niagara Radio. And a friend of and the it's show. It's a great concept. I think she actually came up with it. It, it. The concept of this show, Love Your Home, is, you know, you've been driving through a neighborhood or something, you see a house and go, oh, I would love to see the inside of that home. Well, this is the concept. She actually goes, knocks on the door. Of course, it's set up earlier. Can I see inside your home? I love and it. That's what the show is about. And uh, it's in its second season. Check it out. It's good for her. Mm-hmm. And it's a great, it is a great idea. It's a fantastic concept. It's what everyone does. I'd love to see the inside. Yeah, but, and, and what most people do is they go and they try and look it up on an MLS, and it's not listed. You're never going to see it. Even if it's a home yeah. for sale, sometimes the, <laughs> the getting through to the actual listing is difficult. That's a great idea for Lori. Lori Love's show is called what again? Love Your Home. God damn it. That woman does it all. <laughs> she does it all. Uh, Billy, uh, yeah, I want to talk about, you know, so I'm watching that show. I, I was, I was early to the Sebastian Maniscalco game. I dug him right from the beginning. Me too. And just really, I went and saw him at, uh, whatever they call that outdoor venue now, a Molson Amphitheater. What is it called now? Budweiser, Budweiser stage. stage. Mm-hmm. So I took the kids to that. We were big fans. He killed. And, uh, every special has gotten a little bit less sparkly. Yes. I'll tell you what I thought of it after you tell me what was your impressions or what were are your impressions? Well, this is a, a guy uh, who burst on the scene and was different. He had a way of walking on stage that was hilarious. He reminded me of 15 guys I went to high school with at Michael Power. You know, like he just, <laughs> he, he's very funny, and he sort of nailed Italian-American, Italian-Canadian culture in a, in a very funny way. Um, and uh, But, yeah, each special got less and less uh, funny. And then this one, he set it, sets it up uh, where he's in Vegas, and he walks through a gold curtain. He's in a tux, and he's talking about the Rat Pack. And uh, it was exactly the wrong approach because he built up this idea that you're going to see Sammy and Dean and Frank. And instead, we we hear Sebastian complaining that his wife sits in the car too long mm-hmm. and uh, he has to wait for her to go anywhere. And it, you could take too long to order. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can literally hear people sitting on their hands for an hour. Uh, I just thought it was uh, very disappointing, his special. Well, I'll tell you what I did. Because I totally agree. While I'm watching it, I get a text from ex-wife Randy. Great investment. And uh, and because she, she happened to be watching it. And I sort of took a screen cap and said, hey, me too. And this was only about 10 minutes in. And then she asked me last night. We went on our little ex-couple date that we go on. And uh, she said, what do you think? I said, well, it just wasn't as sparkly. And as the energy wasn't there anymore. And a little bit of the act is worn thin. And I told her what I did is I went back and I watched his last, or the, I watched a special from 2019. And it's so different. It's just what you described. If you go back and watch, I think it's called Stay Hungry. Yeah. But one of the first few specials he did, and it's so good, man. It was so just him and his just fiery best yeah. what, what i'll just last thing i'll say about it freddie is you know i as a comedian sometimes you're like at one point i look and i go okay he's got 12 minutes left this has got to be the big closing piece now you know it's coming to a an end the, the thing that's going to leave him wanting more and as i said to randy last night his last joke was almost such a throwaway that it surprised me that when he said, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, blah, blah, blah. It ended on such a down 
laugh, not the big explosion to applause laugh that you see. That's what they're all doing. They're 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 all heading to the the laugh that makes the audience not only laugh but also applaud. And then you say good night. Well, Billy, just as you described, they were sitting on their hands. I think it even surprised them that that was the end. Oh, I bet it did. After two hundred and fifty bucks a ticket, you know, uh, I, I think that it. it uh, you're right about the energy. It it started to peter out ten minutes in. Yeah. And the next fifty minutes, it kept petering out, and uh, I was disappointed. I, I really think he's a funny guy, uh, but I do find each special a little less special, and um, I don't know what that is. If it's just he he had different writers then, or if he just had so much. Cool stuff at the beginning and yes. just got it yeah, all out it, there the it, first it, time. Is the problem the commitment to content and just not being able to keep up with it? I mean, a lot of musical artists complained, complained about that in the 70s and 80s. You know, you were... You know, you were contracted to produce three albums in the next 18 months, and maybe the third album sucked because you just didn't have what it took. And I, I often think about Russell Peters that way. I get the impression it's like... He can't keep up with the appearances. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a big challenge. I think yeah, that's the, a valid the point, content's too. It's just not there because yeah. you're scrambling to, to create this content because you got to present it on this date. You know, it's it's crazy to try to come up with an hour of funny stuff. That's yeah, hard. And uh, these guys keep proving it. But, you know, those other guys, Brian Regan, if you ever see his stand up specials, uh, they they're still funny. No, uh, even- I, I tell you what, though, I disagree. The last Brian, I love Brian Regan, but his okay. last special wasn't as good as some of the ones that came before. It's a great. Well, you make a great point again. Like Sebastian, I, I, there's a bit in the 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 one that I saw, the bit that he does about his wife being in labor, because now he's this several years later, he's got children that are six and three. But his yeah. bit about going into the hospital, uh, he's saying, I didn't, I wasn't really impressed with the customer service. And he goes on thinking, it's a, it's a great bit. There's nothing in this special that's even close to that. But to your point, Freddie, if, you know, right now, Sebastian Maniscalco has got commitments for big time theater shows in the spring, summer and fall of 2023. So he's got to be cobbling together this material Mm -hmm. and, and just like an artist having to compare it to his bit. The first time you saw him saying, you know, when he sees somebody's feet and he's like, doesn't aren't you embarrassed? His whole thing. Nothing is as good as that. And it's hard to keep that going. That's why, you know, Chappelle, his anti-Semitic ranting aside, that's why he's the goat, because his material, even in that SNL monologue, was really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's worth watching. You're on the edge of your seat in any event, but you're, you're, he's so smart that you're, you stay into it. You know, I remember the Chelsea Handler did a, a, a special lately, Again, and, and part of it, the problem for me is these um, events, these specials are more uh, political now, obviously, and um, some of them are so uh, leading left or right that it's boring in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. you're not really watching comedy or people talking about stuff you can relate to. It's more like watching CNN, only slightly funnier. <laughs> well, I'll give you a couple quick recommends before we close off. But uh, if you've never seen James Acaster's stand up, I, I mention it from time to time on the show. Okay. He's a British guy. He appears on all their, you know, the week that was and the weekly news. They, they'll mock the news or whatever they call them. 
but he really is. And I've gone back to watch his, his specials over and over again. It's very, very different. Another, and if you like female comedians, as I do, uh, there's a kid. She's in her mid-20s. She's had two specials now. Her name is Taylor Tomlinson. And and both of hers, her first one is called Quarter Life Crisis. And uh, I can't remember the second one, but they're both fantastic. If you want just straight up guy, people that do comedy, both of those are very, very good recommends. I've seen Quarter Life. It's very funny. She's yeah, a great joke writer. Great yeah. at it. Yeah. Right. Smart. Smart, it's smart. Incorrect. It's interesting, this conversation, too. People start funny and then sort of peter out, and then you just wonder about the career, where it's going. And then there's other people that were never funny and <laughs> built huge careers. And uh, he's leaving, what, Thursday night, Trevor Noah? No, I know. I, was, I knew you were going to say that. Um, I went, first of all, I never watched one episode of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. The only thing I know from Trevor Noah's run are the comedians that came from it. Ronnie Chang, who I love, by the way. Another guy whose stand-up is great. Um, and Jordan Clapper, the guy that does the on-the-street interviews. But I sat down and tried to watch Trevor Noah's stand-up. Got about eight minutes into it and went, no, I'm, I can't sit here. It's his delivery. He doesn't deliver very well as far as I'm concerned. Like, like, what do I know about stand-up comedy? But delivery is a huge part of it. And to me, it's like... It's a lot of things. Billy, what do you think? Well, I've seen Trevor Noah twice in Montreal at Just for Laughs at the big room at the Place des Arts, and he's he kills. Like, it's oh, laughs, laughs, laughs. Wow. So to see, him, to see him work a stage in a live room um, with his A comedy is a very different experience than The Daily Show. And I don't know what it was about that format that kind of hamstrung him there, I think. Uh, he was very good as a host at letting these other people shine. The special correspondents would come on and they would kill, and he was a great straight man. Um, and I thought his farewell uh, show on Thursday was very moving, and, and he was... Uh, the camera was right in his face as he talked his way through about 15 minutes wrapping things up. And, um, you know, I, I, I like Trevor Noah, but you're right. There's something about following John Stewart that didn't yeah. help him. Well, and, and, and by the way, you know, Stephen, my Edmonton Steve has worked just for laughs for many, many years. One of the producers does a lot of TV. And, and he's told me that's, uh, he's told me that too, that in the room, Trevor yeah. Noah does really well i have just and i've watched other trevor noah specials you know it's weird sometimes when i hear him on a serious when i when i just hear the audio i actually like it better but i sat down because i thought you know a new special let me check it out and it just didn't capture me he's very good on stage he's very good at the you know at the at the mechanics of comedy yeah but it just doesn't hit and it's very subjective yeah um right Lately, too, some of the stuff I've listened to, and I, when I hear Conan start, I, I'm just not interested I'm, for whatever reason. But, you know, people love him. And there's comics, obviously, that I like that other people don't care for. It is very subjective. So it's not fair to say Trevor Noah has no talent. Obviously, the guy's mega talented, and he's got the track record to prove it. Um, but again, it's like anything else. It's like a song. Or yeah. Comedy is like a song. And just, a like, and just like you always yeah. like certain artists, like I always like a McCartney or you might always yeah. like a Beatles right. song. Yeah. 
I watched <clears throat> on TikTok now, John Stewart's show, The Problem, has these little TikTok vignettes where he and the writers of the show talk over story ideas. And I watched about half a dozen the other night. John Stewart is always funny to me because of the opposite of what Fred said. What, ju- just John Stewart's delivery and the way he can circle back and, and, and sort of do a callback on something somebody says, he's just really good at that. Yeah. And I sort of, you know, I lulled several times. <sighs> Billy, we covered a lot of stuff today. Um, well, and, and let me just throw in two other names just in terms of comedy. Steve Martin and Martin Short hosted Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's old school. It's corny, stupid shtick, but it cracks me up. Yeah. So it's funny how two guys who are like 70 and 76 can uh, still bring it on those occasions. And uh, I, agree. I, I laugh at that. Yeah, I saw it too, Bill. And it's funny. We we're talking about missing Andy Griffith and Dick Van Dyke. I think to a young audience, they're probably thinking, yeah, this is corny. I loved it because of that. Just yeah. because of the sort of the old time comedy that they brought for those it's jokes it's jokes and the the best part i I watched the monologue which is the only thing i saw with them right Uh, Mm because i'll be honest sometimes martin short's a bit much for me but that bit with reading each yeah whole fucking thing i'm done with it but uh but that bit they did reading each other's eulogies was fucking solid joke after joke (laughs) and and i love the fact that steve martin who is one of the greatest stand-ups of all time I love you know why I still like Martin Short because Steve Martin thinks he's funny, right? Mm-hmm. And well, he really it, does. He cracks Steve Martin up. Mm-hmm. They come out and say, "Well, uh, he didn't want to be cremated." Too late. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That was just, a great joke. Just brilliant. Oh fuck! Oh no, I, I wasn't one of their lines. I, I was something like, "Where? Where did everyone know? Didn't no one showed up or whatever?" Yeah. It was really good. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> thought doing the eulogy as well. So little people. So, here. so few yeah, people. Just, yeah. That's what's missing. We're repeating jokes that they told. Right. And yes. You can't repeat anything Sebastian Maniscalco said from his special and get a laugh. But I will well, say. Yeah. sitcoms are like that you know wkrp you know uh, the turkey thing and all in the family some of the classic lines he came up with people years later can remember that stuff yeah. it You're makes right. you shudder for the sitcoms now because yeah where is the laughter when you think of the stuff that but i was gonna say 70s. to you what what is the last sitcom you guys ever watched for me the last sitcom show i watched was a cor- um schitt's creek i can't yeah. remember another sitcom i've sat down and watched you, you mean when it was in during its current run, or or even recently? Oh, I watch a ton of them. On the, I watch I Love Lucy all the time, and Andy Griffith. Yeah, Griff, so I don't. And it just it reminds me of my childhood. But as far as a current sitcom, the last one I watched while it was current would have been Seinfeld. Yeah, or, or you know there were some uh, episodes of The Big Bang Theory when it was new. Yeah, but it, Big Bang kind of destroyed the sitcom because it became about the the music of it it became about the the crowd would laugh whenever they enter the room and that kind of wrecks it right after right. a while it's just not as funny but you know it's a, it was a huge monster hit for 12 seasons but i do think in some ways it wrecked um, sitcoms well and i'm not just saying while it was on like i've watched the sitcoms i've watched in the last 10 years i watched some uh, modern family which i always found really funny uh, my kids and i both of the daughters used to watch when we still lived together was uh, the Zoe Deschanel one I liked. Um, who's that girl or whatever? That girl, yeah. Very good. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Shit's Creek, which I didn't watch when it was still in production, I watched all those episodes. Like, I don't, but you can't, that's sort of a sitcom. 
I, I lied a bit. It would be two and a half men that I okay that I latched onto for quite a while with Charlie, and which was talk about writing was pretty. And and Billy, just uh, since I came back from Mexico, uh, I've started rewatching uh, the seasons of Larry Sanders. I'll tell you, I want to talk about quotable Rip Torn. Um, every time Rip Corn says Rip Torn says something like "Come saw," and he just the way he aggravates. You know who's so good on that show is Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. Hank. Hey now, I mean, all for you Stern fans, that's where it comes from, by the way. But uh, yeah. man, Larry Sanders, Larry Sanders isn't. You know what's so good about Gary Shandling? He has figured out that that host character doesn't need to be the funny one. He just reacts to everybody. But Rip Torn and uh, some of the other people in that show are so good. Yeah, no, it's the gold standard for me. It's uh, when you look back, though, it looks like it was lit by a flashlight. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> it's terrible. Dollar ninety eight technical budget, but boy, is it the writing and everything and the acting is unbelievable. Well, listen, I I don't know what your relationship with the baby Jesus is, but uh, we uh, want to say uh, happy whatever you do. If you're still part of that fantasy uh, cult. And uh, you, uh, but how about Santa? Sure, Santa's coming to town. And uh, well, I, I think now. Listen, a couple weeks from Thursday, or a week from Thursday, we're doing our last show, and I'm I'm positive that Bill Brio will probably show up and say ho 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 to everybody. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. Mike uh, reached out, and uh, I'm booked, man. Seven forty a.m. Can't wait, Perfect. dude. Um, and uh, if you're looking uh, for more Bill Brio, uh, TV feeds my family. That's how you find Bill and uh, his podcast. Now, uh, how many years you've been doing this, son? Three years, and uh, almost a hundred episodes are coming up, and uh, really is fun, and uh, definitely uh, had a great time with Mary Walsh uh, this week. She's just one of those people that is so smart and so funny, and uh, at seventy, she's still. Hammer it away and got it, man. So that was well, listen, all, very you know, inspirational. Uh, Gord be willing, we're still going to be hammering it away at 70. You know, that's only a couple years away from my boy. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, all the best to you and uh, happy Christmas, happy holidays, happy whatever the... Happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah. Have a great December 25th, guys. For yeah, okay. man. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, I'll be seeing you at the Chinese food restaurant. <laughs> There's Bill Brio, one of our favorites, one of the uh, Humble and Fred All-Stars. Uh, today uh, brought to you by a bunch of people, EVNet and Aaron Ventures, Fred. Uh, but why don't you tell me uh, one of your little stories first? Well, I'll tell you a little story right now, Howard, and it's a little story of a bow dog. Okay? A bow dog, uh, yeah. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Leafers back at it tonight. I believe going uh, for their uh, 15th, maybe, straight game with a point. Uh, they host the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who are awful. Uh, the Leafs, minus 420. Just so you know, the over-under is 6.5 on that game. Uh, uh, Bodog is where I got those numbers. That's really cool stuff, man. I don't have it in front of me, but I saw a story on the weekend about... Uh, there's, there's a betting 
has been introduced to golf, but there's a, a new there's some new betting things going on in 2023 that are going to make uh, betting on golf in real time. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Kind of like, like, you know, you can do that on NFL football, you know. You can bet on, like, series in, of plays and things like that, can't you? Yeah, like, you know, the first, first hole a player birdies on, first hole yeah. a, a player bogeys on. If you know the golf course, their history, you can play all those. I'm sure they'll get into that. That is a, a twick to my interest. Is it twicked or te- mm-hmm. picked my interest? Uh, you might be interested in this, uh, AaronVentures.com. It's an international emerging junior mining and exploration company. And yesterday I was fumbling, you know, as I often do, trying to remember, what's Boron good for? And uh, Rudra Rishi Maharaj, who's kind of like, uh, I feel like Rudra's kind of like monitors the show for, he's like a fact checker. <laughs> so. Oh, no, I already sent something in this morning about UB40. Being oh, okay. Kingswood. Uh, music theater and uh, gave me an update on who has died in UB40. Well, that's fantastic. I'm going to, like I said, I'm hanging out with Rudy on the weekend. And uh, so yesterday I was stumbling through uh, what is boron good for? And he says here, if I recall correctly, boron is required for making batteries for EVs. So again, we're not here to tell you what to invest in, but this company, Aaron Ventures, is investing, is investing and developing a strategy to uncover and capitalize on you unique development opportunities within this country and various regions internationally. And I'm telling you, in the world of a boron, the company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. Go have a look at it. It's AaronVentures.com, Frederick. Yeah, um, a little observation. You were talking about Sebastian Maniscalco or whatever. Maniscalco. Maniscalco talking about waiting for his wife. Little observation for me. It just made me think of this. Me and my sweet wife, whenever we go anywhere and we pull into a parking spot, it doesn't matter where we are. I put it in park and I get out of the car and I stand at the back of the truck while I wait for her to emerge. And it's amazing. Like, it takes a while. And I don't know exactly what she's doing after we park before she gets out of the car. I, I don't know. It's grabbing the purse, fixing her hair, getting her coat ready, uh, whatever it is. And I bite my tongue because sometimes I feel like saying, like, what <laughs> takes so long just to get out of a car? Did you not know we were going to get here? Did you not feel the car slowing down? Did you not? Like, I know. And it, ju- it, it doesn't matter when, where, what, why, how, the W5. It's word for word exactly okay. his bit. And that's why the funny thing is the oh, concept, he does that is that what he talked about? That oh, is okay. literally the bit. Every because okay. and that's how it's because it's universal. Every man can mm-hmm. relate. You park the car, you get out mm-hmm. of the car, and you wait for them to get out of the car. I don't care if you think it's sexist, but it's anecdotally the truth. It's true. And, and in my case, and he, now it's 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 kind of, it's funny because it's one of the funniest bits he does in that special, but it's oh. not anywhere near as funny as the things that I've seen him do in the past. It's just lost a little bit of the sparkle. It's a great mm-hmm. concept, though, as mm-hmm. you just said, as you because it, it reminded you of what you've gone through. We've all gone through it. My, yeah. my, my add-on to it was that just that, 
Like we knew we were going to get there. You felt the car slowing down. But in his case, he's like, his wife doesn't even have her shoes on. She's like, she's taking off her fucking yeah. shoes. And it's like, well, you know, we're parking the car. Maybe in anticipation, put your fucking shoes on. But oh, man, uh, I, I wish I had seen that because I'd have been going, yeah, yeah, at the TV. Yeah, same with me. And like, I've done this. I've did this bit since Randy and I went away. You know, I get a menu. And we went out for dinner last night. I got a menu. I saw three things and went, okay, I'm going to order that. It, it's like, like, his point was, it's like they've never seen a menu before. She starts asking for one of the guys that works there. That guy's the dish. He's the bus boy. He doesn't know the menu. Like, all this stuff. It was, a, it was a really good concept. And when Bill said the first 10 or 15 minutes of the special was the best, well, that's when he was doing those bits. Um, and further to a menu, I mean, this isn't a woman. Our buddy Darren A., Dan, it's interesting with Darren sometimes. Yeah, it takes him a while to choose what he wants, and then after he's made the selection, he then starts to question whether he made the right choice. Right. <laughs> I wonder if I should have ordered that, or should I have gone for the whatchamacall? No, I think yeah, that was the right choice. Yeah, but maybe I should have gone for that. Well, Darren's kind of doing that a, as a bit, though, isn't he? No, he's not. <laughs> All right, easy now. Because it's my and it's just a show that's not just women. My buddy Fraser. Yeah. Is like that too because he's a vegetarian. You know, I went out for breakfast with him on you know Sunday morning. I'm like, okay, omelet, bride toast, and yeah. then he's got to fucking work through the variations of what could be. But I don't want the. He literally, okay, I want the home fries, but can I have half not home fries? And then fucking right. like. But, but- They'll drop the plates in front of us, and we have different things. He'll look at mine and go, "Oh, maybe I should have got that. I should have got." That. <laughs> It's fucking funny. By the way, I'd forgotten that bit. I was going to... I've been trying to work this bit for a long time, and then it never went anywhere. But then I was reminded of it again, because I I went to this restaurant. It was a typical breakfast place. And I was going to have an omelet, and I didn't want the home fries. Now, you think in in a food category. Have you been out for breakfast lately, Dan? Do you know what the substitution for home fries in a typical breakfast place is? Don't say it, friend. I'm going to guess toast. Okay, good, good, good guess. Like if you don't want the potatoes, although in these cases, usually toast comes with your toast meal. comes with it. Yeah. So if okay. it's not toast, Dan, what would a what would you think would be the logical or most uh, typical substitution for hash browns or home fries? Yeah, I don't know that. Okay, <laughs> something, some carby. Yeah, something great, something carby. Do you know what it is, friend? No, not something carby. I usually ask for sliced tomato. Well, that's the weirdest thing is that you wouldn't normally ask for sliced tomato. That's not an option for potatoes. But in every these one of these restaurants, tomatoes is the option if you don't want potatoes. And for years, I've been saying, is that because they rhyme? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like, but, you know, you believe me, no one listening is going, well, if I can't have potatoes, I'll have a completely different kind of food, uh, you know, because it's not a, it's not in the categories. Dan, I think Dan was closer. It's not in the carb category. Oh, but usually you don't want home fries because you, you're thinking, you know, it's unhealthy. You want something lighter, lighter. And it's, you know, not as fattening. So like I Saturday morning on the way home with John, we stopped into this little diner. The price of everything, by the way. No, I know. Anyway, I, I had eggs Benedict. I no home fries, sliced tomato, right? Yeah. And then he he had an omelet and um and a side of blood pudding or some Jesus Scottish thing that he liked. 
Anyway, and a couple of coffees each. It was 50 bucks. It's like everywhere. And this is some little diner in some little town on the side of the highway. It's like, well, we were in an Oakville. That's what diner. I asked yeah. for because I home fries make me feel ill. But is that because you knew that tomatoes were because we were in Fraser and I went to a diner in Oakville and I thought the prices were sort of OK, considering it was Oakville. Right. Um but that's, you know, that's universally been a, a, a question I've been wondering, where did we come? And I guess it's because if you don't want potatoes, you're looking for something lighter. But it seems like a weird, op- like in no other restaurant situation, at like a, if you're having a steak and you say, oh, uh, yeah, I was, do, I'm going to have steak and fries. Why don't we, we, we don't, if you, but if you don't want fries, you don't go, hey, do you want a banana? <laughs> do you want a fucking, do you want eggplant instead? I'm afraid right now because I don't want to wreck your bit. No, you've already wrecked it. It's fine. Because, with you know, with the whole, because they rhymed and everything. But, but I've been many places. I've said, hold the potato and ask for salad. I mean, that's. That makes more sense. From heavy to light. Absolutely. Well, how is that any different than potatoes to tomato? Because because that's actually on. They, they make that offering to you. They say, if you don't yes, want that, fries. You're right. You're right. You can sell. Yeah, they, they, they say, yeah. if you don't want potatoes, would you like tomatoes? <laughs> like, well, Okay. What are my other options? Are there other vegetables I could have? How about uh, fennel? But it's always, it's never anything but tomatoes. No, I, I see what, I know where you're going. You Listen, like I said, I've been working. Here and I'm oh, just relax. <laughs> what? It's not so, that big a deal. I just, you can see why I've been trying to work it out for about 20 years. <laughs> Fuck. The rhyming thing. No, that's good, though. The rhyming right. thing is good. Then you could go through a bunch of foods that rhyme. That's right. Well, you know. Um, well, listen, yeah. you know what? You workshop it this afternoon with Delish and, and Delish. Delish. Because she's Portuguese. Work it out with Delish. She actually does have some Portuguese in her. Well, I didn't know she dated someone before you. <laughs> <laughs> See how fast I am. <sighs> well, Dan, was, uh, do we listen? How many news stories do you have, Daniel? Uh, a couple of them. I can wait. Well, no, because I, I wanted to updo that story from yesterday. Did you, uh, the story about the Florida man? The Florida man? And the guy that had sex with the golden doodle. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, didn't I'll save it till tomorrow. That. You know what? Okay, don't well, you? Well, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. I will save it. I will save it till tomorrow. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as has for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the kitchen Here's Dan Duran <laughs> so, I was, I was okay. doing something else Live is Dan okay. Duran, news and news, Dan Duran Still working on the, uh, the rhyming Tomatoes and potatoes Okay, so Elon Musk's Twitter has uh, dissolved its trust in safety council. Putin put off his annual year of the end press conference for some reason. Who knows why? Uh, we've got the uh, gun-toting Lauren, Lauren Bolbert prevailed, won her seat, 500 votes uh, after an automatic recount. But here's a very interesting news. The uh, nuclear fusion is a thing. Yeah, man. Big announcement coming today from the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California. There are lots of uh, scientists, lab nerds around the world have been working on this for years, and uh, they're probably going to continue to work on it because it's very complicated. But that discovery um, uh, will lead to perhaps uh, carbon-free uh, energy. 
down the road is what they're looking for. Yeah, I so saw basically, this. I was just going to say, basically what it is, is if they take two or more atoms, they fuse into one larger atom, and in the process of doing that, generates a massive amount of energy. But it takes a great deal of energy to do it, and this is the first time that they've been able to do it in, with a, a net positive energy output. And we all know the uh, right wing will hate this, but here's the thing I read in this story that they've been working on this for 60 years. Well, I've been trying to solve the potato tomato bit. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been working on that problem. People, and this is a guy, his name is, uh, I can't remember. It doesn't say his name, but he's a, oh, sorry, a senior fusion scientist at the National Ignition Facility Lab in California. I'll tell you what that guy's not doing is trying to solve the potato tomato conundrum. Dan's reading that story. I'm half listening because I'm trying to come up with vegetables that rhyme. There isn't a lot. There's not very many, I know. (laughs) No, I got squash and Squash, I know. Exactly. Broccoli, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> no, but it's too. funny if they, they that's but why not? Okay, why why tomato as a vegetable <laughs> substitute? Why not broccoli? Why not cauliflower? Why not carrots? Why do they go right to tomatoes? I, it has to be because they rhyme. That's my point, right? Or it's a lot easier to just slice a tomato than cook up some broccoli or some oh, other vegetable. Okay, but it's what about snap peas? Those are never offered. Um, yeah, but they're not usually around for a breakfast menu. Tomatoes are because you have like tomato and bacon. Well, sandwich. there's lettuce. Hey, I don't want uh, any uh, home fries. Can you just give me a head of lettuce? Can you chop a nice head of lettuce for me on the side? They probably would give you some lettuce with their because they have the tomato lettuce bacon sandwich. Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, guys, did you hear that uh, Stuart Margolin uh, died? No, I want to get back to no. the uh, fusion. You know, just, just you? that's quick. Yes. Because what you said, too, about I, I, I when I heard that story, I immediately thought of Fox. Now, how is Fox going to uh, piss all over this story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such well, a, a major breakthrough because you're supposed to use gas, right? And pollute oh, yeah. And, and, and fossil fuel and fracking and all their buzzwords but Dan here's the thing like because it's almost like they are cheering against progress and one of the reasons they do is because smart people intimidate them they don't want to they don't want to celebrate smartness even though their country is not even in the top 20 anymore and you know scholastic achievement um yeah, and fossil fuels is in their playbook. And if you're on, you know, if you're on that team, you have to follow the playbook, right? So, <laughs> but as uh, as this article says, there are a lot of things in the world that are inevitable eventually. Betting on the arc of history often turns out okay. Like even though this has been going on sixty years, at some point, just like we said years ago about different things, you know, things happen slowly and then all at once. And when this happens all at once. As they say in the article I'm looking at, it's going to change the world forever. Anyways, it's pretty pretty heavy shit, eh, Dan? Yeah, pretty pretty heavy. Yeah, it, you know, and here's what I often think of: there's exact there's oil company executives out there with kids and grandkids and maybe great grandkids, knowing full well for their future, this is the way to go. But at the same time, working behind the scenes to prevent it or block it. For money, just think Slow of it being in that position. Yeah, Slow this, it down. And Danny, this is life changing. Like they say, climate issues will be transport a transformed ability to feed, house, and enrich the lives of billions of people would be dramatically ampl- amplified. Mm-hmm. And yet, you don't seem to care about the children. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see. You're sitting there. I don't feel a lot of caring for the children. But anyway, well, this it's a good step. 
But yes. it, it, there's massive problems with the uh, the whole concept still. I mean, they have to work out so many little you know, or, and big problems of uh, mm-hmm. if you do some research on it and and you know read read articles about what's what they need to do yet in order to accomplish uh, uh, at scale and make but it still, work. But it's still a breakthrough. Have guys still have you a breakthrough? Heard, yeah. Thought say this does explode and then all of a sudden there's no need for gasoline. What do they do with all the corners in all the cities? What's what will be there? Well, they open a fusion shop, man. Come on, <laughs> yes. whatever that. You know, I, I just well, want Tim Hortons is ready to pounce, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I'm just glad that the people at the uh, National Ignition Facility and senior fusion scientists are working on it. Okay, but maybe could they just take a tiny bit of their day today and figure out some shit that rhymes with? <laughs> potatoes and tomatoes uh dandaran uh you had another story stand by for uh, another story music and now with his second story not to be confused with his first with news and views uh upstairs from where i am now here's dandaran i don't know if you noticed or not but canadian gas prices have dropped a whole lot yeah. About 28 cents per liter over the last month, even even more, as a matter of fact. I, I was just checking uh, Peterborough. Uh, gas prices are around 24 cents a liter right now. Yeah. The average price in Canada fell to about a, a buck uh, 40, a dollar 40, uh, 0.8 cents this month from 169 earlier in the month. Yeah, man. That's in other parts of Canada. For, for some reason, Ontario uh, prices are below the national average at 134.9. That might be a little bit lower in the last 24 hours or so. They say that uh, this will be short-lived, though, that uh, because uh, China is one of the biggest uh, carbon uh, produce, uh, users in the world, the most gas in the world over there, as they uh, start to not lock down all their, uh, all their people anymore, there's going to be more mobility there. So mid-January, the prices are probably going to go up as demand increases. Where will the Chinese find out we've solved this fusion thing? Yeah. Maybe they'll take it. Yeah. They can run with it. Well, that uh, that drop in the price of gas has really got to address the inflation numbers coming in the next month would it not that's pretty dramatic and it's a commodity that's obviously widely used i hope so and it's but it, you know the bouncing around is the part that that mm-hmm. drives everybody nuts this feels great okay it's coming down but when it goes up like that again in january if that's where if it starts hitting those prices again mm-hmm. you know it's going to affect everyone again Maybe it's a time to, to get everybody should get their own uh, reservoir in their, in their mm. basements. <laughs> yeah, I um, to me, it's just troubled times because we're getting so many examples of corporate greed and that greedflation thing now where I honestly believe decades ago there would have been more of a community reaction to a lot of things. You'd like to think so. Uh, you know, I guess you could go back and look at history and see, you know, during the uh, Iran crisis or whatever the crisis was in the late 70s when people were lining up for gas. I guarantee if you did, took a look, there'd be big oil companies gouging prices. You know, I, I'm not saying that you're not right, but I don't think you're 100 percent right. I think people have been. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm just talking generally. It, yeah, maybe there was more of an attitude betterment. Betterment for all attitude. I, absolutely. But I don't know that yeah. the corporate world has ever had, oh, you know, we should just all try not to. You know, what, what did you say last week? Some the, the um, grocery uh, profits were up 30 percent at all the mm. big ones in Canada. Why couldn't it be 15 percent? 
mm-hmm. you know, pass on some of the savings because as you say, you know, like I, I don't know what that breakfast cost on a Sunday because it was Fraser's treat, but it was close to 50 bucks. All we had was two teas and two mm-hmm. meals, but the meals were 13 or 15 or 18 each. And you know, Howard, uh, mentioning with Bill, because I saw when they were, it was an article on all the services and it was in this article that when they ask people what's the first thing they're going to cut back for, it's live entertainment. It's mm. a thing you can live without. It's yeah. leaving the home to spend money on entertainment, right? Yes. No, I can't read that. So, you know, he's talking about Maniscalco tickets like those, like the, the com- big stand up comedians like him and, mm-hmm. you know, touring comics like Chappelle and trying to think John Mulaney might be coming through town and, and uh, Chappelle sold out the Scotiabank Center. They've got to they've got to book those things 18 months in advance. So the pressure to, you know, get up to speed on a new hour, you know, right. I'm, I just quickly say that, you know, Steve Martin, when he quit stand up comic famously said it took me my entire life to come up with these three or four hours. I just mm-hmm. don't want to do I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But further to my point, I fear for restaurants, no, not so much the high-end restaurants, because a lot of this stuff doesn't apply to the rich, obviously. But those mom-and-pop places that have been forced because of all the other corporate greed maybe that's created it, people are just going to stop going. Yeah. Oh, like, honestly, if a young family like to go out on a Sunday morning to have uh, as a treat a breakfast out, and now it's costing you 100 bucks for some eggs and bacon for a family, if, you're not going to do it. No, that's right. Well, when you said live entertainment, but you're right. You mean live food as well, like going out to, yeah. just to have a nice meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, you mentioned the, uh, the name of uh, Stuart Margolin. Yes. And uh, I went and quickly was like, oh, I know that name. And the reason we all know is because he was Angel on the Rockford Files. Which, when I was a disc jockey back in the 1970s, this was an actual song we played. Do you remember that? This was like a... I remember playing this. Oh, yeah. Was it it a hit, this one? I think so. The Rockford Files. Yes, Howard, I remember such a thing. (laughs) I used to love the Rockford Files. I love... I uh, I love that guy. trailer. Exactly. What was his name again? James Garner. James Garner. I always thought he was a cool dude. I I liked the character of his dad. He used to give him shit all the time, and then he would solve crimes and shit. I love that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not the best synopsis of the show. (laughs) 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 That's all I could come up with. Private private detective. He solved crimes and shit. Solved crimes. uh, He was reasonably good at it, but the rest of his life seemed to... He was living on a trailer on a beach, so... Yeah, he was cool, man. Yeah. yeah, dead at age 82. There you go. That's pretty good for an American. They don't usually get that long. But he's an old school yeah. American. He's before they all became morons. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, very good, Dan. I'll save the uh, guy fucks a golden doodle story for tomorrow. Got a lot to okay. say about that. And uh, Dan Duran, thank you for your service. Well, I look forward to tomorrow's show. All right. Yes, all right. don't Let me, we all. Let's, uh, and thanks to uh, Bill Brio on tomorrow's <laughs> show. Of course, the retirement Sherpa will check in from parts south, but uh, tomorrow's going to be great. It's our last full Noel Castler appearance of 2022. 
Uh, as of tomorrow, we have six full shows left. Our final program will be the 22nd of uh, December. It'll be a, not a really traditional Humble and Fred Christmas special, but it's our last show. We're going to have all our friends come on, Tony, Bill, Jackie Delaney, a few others, and a, a, a great guest, uh, our friend Ryan McCallum's sister, who is an extremely talented artist. She's going to be singing a song. And to close things out, as uh, has become a bit of a tradition around here, the song stylings of one Stephen Page. So hopefully you'll all be able to make that program. Dan, will you be joining us for that program? I believe I will be, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. See, all the big stars are coming out for that one, Freddie. Yeah. Dan, do you still go to church on Christmas Eve? No, I haven't done that for a while. Oh, okay. Well, do you want to set up a little mini church here in the basement? <laughs> yeah, I can well, no, seriously. Why don't you do? Chapel. You got room for it. We well, got room. We got chapel room. We can yeah. maybe do some stained glass, <laughs> hang some pictures of a guy wearing a bathing suit on a cross. You know, one of these guys. You know, <laughs> Church of the Squishy Bay. <laughs> That's great. <sighs> Come on, Dan. Some of my favorite childhood memories came from the Christmas time. Great. Of when was going to oh, church? I know. And, I know. And there's yeah. something wrong with that, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. We all had stuff when we were children that once we've grown up, we no longer believe in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing does help us out, so please like and subscribe. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, there are only 12 sleeps until Christmas Day, so get your finger mouse working and buy some stuff to make people love you. Enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans and just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?